mic turned on so I can move around a little bit. This one, this one right here working a little? No? Well, I've got a loud voice. Alright, well it is good to be here. If you don't know me, my name is Nat Ayers, minister for Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. And we bring you greetings uh, from that land of uh, roses. And so uh, it is good to be here. This is our second time uh, here. I may look a little familiar. I know there's several faces here that look familiar. But we're here with you to hold a vacation Bible school and a gospel meeting. And we look forward to this time uh, being together. We got here on Thursday, um, sort of rest a little. Thursday evening, had a good fellowship time, a meal and devotional. Friday, we set up uh, classrooms and decorations and all. And then yesterday, had a great uh, door knocking campaign. And so we look forward to uh, what's in store for us, the opportunities that lay ahead of us. And uh, we look forward to being useful this week in the kingdom. And we hope that you do as well. We're thankful for the opportunity to be here with you, uh, for the leadership here, for the gentlemen and ladies that would uh, like like for us to be here again. I'm thankful for Daniel. Uh, Getting to meet him uh, has been a a treasure. And y'all have a good young preacher, fired up, ready to preach. And uh, y'all get behind him. Lean in the traces with him. Lean in the collar with him. He'll, he'll do a good job for you. Many years ago, when I was a young lad, I enjoyed uh, locomotives, trains. And when I was a little kid, and as an adult, we've done it as well. Uh, we took the train that runs from uh, Silverton to Durango or back and forth uh, in Colorado. I'm sure some of you have taken that before. And it always intrigued me, you know, these old steam locomotives. You know, when I was a child, I wondered what propelled them. You see movies, they throw the fire in there, throw the wood in there, but, you know, how does the fire make that thing go? And it always just didn't understand it. Well, if you ever looked at a, a locomotive, you'll notice there's on top of the front of the train, there's a cylinder, a big, long tube. Well, guess what that thing's full of? Water. And underneath that tube, all the way to the front to the back, is a chamber for fire. And as that engineer throws the wood in, the logs in the fire, the hotter the fire gets... The water boils, builds up steam. That steam drives the pistons, that rolls the wheels, that pulls the load. Much in the same way, the Lord's church is like a locomotive. It has to run on fire and steam. It has to have logs to make it burn. Today I want to talk to you about the logs and the one log, Christian. Let me introduce Brother Doolittle. Brother Doolittle. As you can tell, Brother Doolittle is resting himself upon a great number of logs. Once again, I say he's resting himself. And he's trying 
to burn a fire, get the water boiling that produces the steam that drives the church with just one love. Sunday morning worship. Sunday a.m. I want to tell you this morning that you cannot boil the water with just one log. Proverbs 6, 6 and 11, if you'll turn there with me. Proverbs 6, 6 and 11. Go to the ant. I like how that starts out. Go to the ant. There's so many great Bible passages that breaks it down simple for us. Go to the ant to learn the lesson. Go to the ant, O slugger. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep? A little slumber? A little folding of hands to rest? And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. When we slumber in the Lord's church, poverty is going to come for us. It's going to tear down the Lord's church. We are to be awake. We are to be vibrant. We are to be working in the Lord's church. Luke 17.10 tells us, So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. You might say, Well, I come on Sunday morning. Isn't that my duty? Isn't that all I am required? I call that... The ticket punch Christian. If you're here this morning and your reason for being here is to get your ticket punched so you can ride the train that others are pulling, you need to change. We're not on this thing for a free ride, we're helping to drive this train. You're the engineer, you're up front. Throwing in the logs that light the fire, that boils the water, that produces the stream that drives this great and powerful train. What about worship? You know, worship, we are called to worship, aren't we? In fact, John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Are you saying, Brother Ayers, that I am talking down about worship? No. It is commanded. It is something we must do. But our worship, although edifying to the body, is for our Lord. It's what we do for Him. It's how we show our love and our adoration. But it takes more than worship to pull the great load that the church must bear. Acts 2.42 tells us of an early church, a young church that had it right. 
that understood what we must do, what we must be about. I've often heard people say, why is it that we have to meet on Wednesday nights? Why is it that we have to meet on Sunday nights? Why can't we just be here on Sunday morning and that be enough? At some point in history, we became so busy, so getting our priorities mixed up, that we just cut it back to Wednesday and Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. In Acts 2.42, we see that daily they met together in one another's homes, teaching, having fellowship, breaking of bread. Daily. But we have cut it back to Wednesday and Sunday and say, "Ah, that's enough. That's enough. Brethren, we can't make the water boil with just one log. It can't be done. We're not to neglect the meeting of the saints. I'm not talking about that. I'm glad everyone is here this morning. Good for you for being here. But there's more to the story. There's more to it. We need to be here on Sunday mornings. We need to be involved in everything we can do. We're not to neglect the meeting of one another together. As the habit of some. And there are some that could be here this morning, I guarantee you, that aren't even getting this one log on the fire. Now, there won't even be any heat if we're not here for worship. we got to at least get that done. I'm I'm not taking away that we need this one log. This log has to be in place. It must be in place. It's the foundation log. But it takes more. So... Good for you for being here. I'm glad. I'm, it's wonderful to see you. We need to encourage the others that aren't here this morning that we need their log on the fire. But, Brother Doolittle here is resting upon some wonderful logs that can be added to this fire. And we need those logs. We need Knowledge today in the Lord's church like we've never needed it before. We used to in the Lord's church be known for people that knew God's Word. I'm afraid that we're failing in this today. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and And to the day of eternity. Until eternity comes. For you and for I. We need to be gaining daily knowledge for the kingdom. Why, you may ask. Well, first of all, our first goal is to get to heaven. And if we desire to be in heaven, don't you want to know about it? Don't you want to know what it is that... It awaits us. I do. I don't want to go on a... I, if you showed up at my house and said, come on, we're going on a week-long trip. I'm not the type that's just going to jump in the car with you and pack my bags and not ask any questions. I want to know where we're going. 
We may be going out to the desert and I'm not going with you. We may be going to the Arctic and I may need to pack a jacket. But if I don't know where we're going, I don't want to make that trip. And guess what it says in reverse? For you or those of us who don't know where we're going, maybe we don't want to make that trip. Maybe we don't care about where we're going enough. I want to know where we're going. Therefore, I must know God's Word. The second point of that, I want those that I love, those that I care about, I want lost souls to have an opportunity to go with me. Now, how am I supposed to tell them about where they're going if I don't know myself? We need knowledge in the Lord's church today like we've never needed it before. We cannot afford to be ignorant of God's Word. Hosea tells us we're destroyed, or his, the Lord's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have a whole lifetime. Think of the hours of the day you have. I saw a uh, commercial not long ago, and uh, it was for a uh, faith-based group. I'm not sure what it was, but I had a good message to it. It was that how when you get to eternity in judgment... When the Lord gave you 80 years, 24 hours a day, and it gave the breakdown of how many hours and minutes that was, that you only gave the Lord one hour a week to a little bit of study. That's what your life was given to you for. Your life was given to you to learn about God, to serve God. That's what your life was given to you for. And so that you could make it to heaven. Don't be deceived. It wasn't for work. It wasn't for gain. It wasn't so you could have all the wonderful things in life. It was so that you could grow closer to the Lord and have an opportunity to be with Him in heaven. That's what we're giving our lives for. And that's what our lives need to be devoted for. Another great thing, this Brother Doolittle had all the opportunity in the world to look after people that are less fortunate than he is. To take his eyes off of himself... To become a little less narcissistic, got the word narcissistic, meaning all you care about yourself, and look after the needs of others. Matthew tells us. I'm sorry. James tells us. Get off of my verses there. We'll go back up to Matthew here in a second. But James 1.27 tells us, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. How you keep yourself unstained from the world, one of the ways is to think of others before you think of yourself. There are so many people in this world that with just a little kindness, a little love, a little of unfolding of your pockets, a little jingle in your pockets, widows, orphans, we in the Lord's church, and I'm not talking about out of the church's treasury. I'm talking about out of your pocket, your time, your devotion. You can make a difference in someone's life. 
just a little bit of a difference, that they may see the light of Christ in you and they may want to follow you. They may want to learn more about Christ. Give of yourself. Think of others. Matthew 25 tells us the way the Lord looks at it. Matthew 25, 37. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them truly. I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. See, the reason we look after others, the reason we care about the soul of others is because in every person, there's a little bit of the image of God. In every person, there's a little bit of Christ. When we do things for others, we're doing it for Christ. We're doing it for the gospel. We're doing it so that that person may see how much their Lord and Savior loved them and gave up everything for them. Not just a little bit. Not just an hour a week to go visit those who are less fortunate. He gave up His life for them. How much more is that? But maybe from that glimpse of love you show them, they can see that. Brother Doolittle could put more on the fire, couldn't he? Brother Doolittle needs to quit being satisfied with just Sunday morning worship. He could do a whole lot more. He could be an example. I'm so thankful. I can think back through my early Christian life and before that of the people that were examples to me. People that were different than anything I'd ever seen in the world. That's what attracted me to the gospel first. It wasn't the words about Christ. It wasn't about Christ and His love for me, I, I, I hate to say. It was that someone loved Christ so much that they wanted to set the right example for me and they lived their life in such a way that I saw it. I saw the difference in that person and I wanted to be like that person. The reason I'm a preacher today, yes, is because of Christ and my love for Him. But what motivated me was because I saw great men such as Norman Starling, uh, Phil Nichols, other people that have gone on to the reward that were wonderful, godly examples. And I wanted to pattern my life after them. What kind of example are you? Can somebody look at you this morning, this past week, this past year, and say, that's who I want to be like? Whoever they followed that made them who they were, which should be Christ, I want to be like them also. I want to find out why that person is who he is. And it ought to point back to Christ. What kind of example are you? What kind of example are you? Did people want to follow you to the cross? 1 Timothy 4.12 Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers, guys, listen, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, 
in love, in faith, in purity. I look out there and I see young faces in these first couple rows. Guys, we're here to set an example. I see you all, I see your youth, but I look past that youth. I really don't see the youth because I see the potential that's it within you. We all have that potential. We all need to find that potential within ourselves and become the example to others. If it's in our speech that we need to change, let's change it. If it's in how we love, let's change the way we love. If it's in our conduct, let us change our conduct. If it's our faith, if it's our lack of faith, we need to change it for a lot of reasons. I want to be an example of faith to those around me. We can't boil the water with just one log. It takes great examples. I know there are great examples here. I know there is great potential here. I've met you. I've talked with you. There is wonderful potential. If everyone continues to throw in logs on as many logs on the fire as they can, we're going to get a mighty fire built. And a lot of steam can be built up that we can pull this load. But it takes zeal to do it. It doesn't, you can't just hum ho, I'm here for worship. I'm here to serve the Lord. You've got to go by and see sister so-and-so so that somebody from the church goes by and sees her this week. I've got to spend a little money and go help this person because they're without. And what am I going to do? I'm going to be without this week. Zeal is about attitude. Zeal is about saying, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about today's possibilities. Sure, there's bad things. Sure, there, not everything goes our way. But that doesn't take away my zeal, my joy to serve God. There are... Hundreds of thousands of people are being baptized daily over in a place called India. Maybe we're not seeing it right here in Beeville. But the kingdom is being added to daily. Beeville can be a part of it. Adam Street Church of Christ can be a part of it. And it's something to be zealous about. Titus 2, 14. Who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness... And to purify for himself a people for his own possession, for a zealot who are zealous for good works. You see, Christ died partly so that you would be zealous to do good works. After all, I'm not today asking for your life on a cross, but I am asking for you to deny yourself and pick up your cross. Are you zealous for the work of the Lord? Are you excited about the future of Adam Street Church of Christ? You ought to be. And if you aren't, the water's not going to boil. It takes zealous Christians getting fired up, excited about what's going on. This morning I'm excited. I'm fired up about what is going on in the Lord's church. I invite you to be zealous as well. We need 
zeal. We need that log over here on this fire. And when we put zealous Christians with their logs on the fire, it produces a lot of heat. But after all, you won't do any of this. You won't throw a single log on the fire. You may, for security's sake, throw Sunday morning on the fire. But you won't throw any of these on if you don't have a love for the gospel, for Christ, and for lost souls. You won't. You'll just keep throwing that one log on the fire over and over. And the water won't even get warm. If you don't have love, then you have nothing. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. Normally, you start off with love, bear, you know, love is patient, love is kind, but that's not where we're going to start. Let's back up a little bit. Verse 1, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, who wrote this? Paul? The Apostle Paul? The inspired writer Paul? The preacher Paul? The Apostle Paul? And he said, If I don't have love... I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body, which was coming, Paul, that's coming, Paul, you're going to give up your life. If I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You could say, I gain not heaven. Brethren, we cannot be apathetic about what's going on here. We cannot be indifferent to the cause of the gospel. We must have a mighty love for truth for Christ and for the lost soul if we want to get this water boiling. So, I ask you this morning, what more can Christ do for you? He shed His blood on Calvary. First of all, let's back up. He came from His home in heaven with God. He created us through His Word And He wanted us to love Him so much. God wanted us to love Him so much that He allowed us to kill Him so that we would love Him all the more. That's an infatuated love there. That's a powerful love. It doesn't get any more powerful. If that doesn't do it for you this morning, you might as well stand up, walk to the middle aisle, out those doors, And not to come back. Because if the love of Christ, what He did for you personally dying on the cross doesn't do it for you, doesn't get you fired up, doesn't get you ready to do some work, go to battle, 
Nothing else is going to. It does mean. I have a Savior that loved Nat Ayers so much that even when I reviled him, cursed his name, turned my back on him, had me in mind on that cross when he suffered and died. He still loved me when I despised him. I owe every day I live to serve God, to give it all I have. Every log has to go on the fire. But we can be idle. We can be neglectful. Jeremiah 48.10 tells us though, Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with slackness. Did you hear that? Does it need to be any plainer? Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with slackness. I'm not going to work for the Lord with slackness. If slackness is your way, you need to change because God views you as cursed. This morning, I want to help the water boil. I want there to be such steam built up that whatever hill lies ahead of us, we can drive that locomotive, the Lord's church, with any weight, any problems, any pull, pulling backwards up and over that hill with no problem. And there are going to be hills ahead of us. But if we all work together, if we all put our logs on the fire, we can pull a mighty load. But you can't make the water boil with just one log. This morning, if you were here and you've just been throwing one log on the fire, I hope I've persuaded you that that's not enough. If you're here this morning and you barely throw the one log on the fire, let's, let's pick it up. Let's pick up the pace. Let's get the wheels turning. There's no telling what kind of load, what kind of blessings, what kind of opportunities are out there for this congregation at Adam Street Church of Christ. If everyone will put their logs on the fire. Let's do it. Let's do it. We've got four more nights together. Let's show one another what we can do. Let's get after it. This morning, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a part of the kingdom of God, it is the greatest kingdom that has ever been or will ever be. Because it has a king that sits on His throne, that died for His people, that was resurrected on the third day, and He did all of it because of His love for you. If you want to be a part of that kingdom, you have heard the gospel. If you will believe that Jesus Christ is that King, 
the Son of God, and you'd be willing to confess that all the days of your life, and if you would turn your life around, turn towards that King. Here's the greatest part. I left this out on purpose till the end. We don't have to pull that load by ourselves. Christ has told us if we will do our part, if we'll put our logs on the fire, He'll get in there with us and He'll drive that train. He'll put on, He's put in all of His logs on the fire. Won't you put in yours? If you haven't been a, become a Christian, I beg you to be baptized into Christ this morning. There's no greater life And I want us all to be in heaven together one day. Won't you come as we stand and as we sing? Yonder I'll be there When the 